but I used to feel guilty. And I went, oh, I, I shouldn't feel guilty about not buying from them because it's not my responsibility to be my friend's customers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not helping them. And when you start to see it that way, it becomes even easier to say, that person is not my customer. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Episode six, know your customer. When we get to this point in the self-inventory and if someone has a life event or whatever, one of the first things they think about is, I need a side hustle. They're going to start a, a side business to save them from whatever, right? To help pay their bills off, to help replace part of my job. So we want to, we've been focusing on mindset all along, right? Mindset mm-hmm. of, of skills, mindset of self-inventory, mindset of of all, all these other things, and then how to overcome the mindset of the wage slave. Let's take a step back. So these people are already, you know, a lot of our listeners, I've been in this place before where I've said, yes, I want to, I want to augment my income by doing this. How do I monetize this or, you know, or whatever else I'm making, I'm making YouTube. Yeah. I'm making YouTube videos. How do I monetize it? Right. That's it. Yeah. You jump to the monetize and, uh, almost immediately. Did you have a product? Did you have a service? Did you have a value? So anyway, so then if someone's in this position, right. So say, we'll. You know, Will still has a situation. One of the first things you think about is, okay, well, I need to do this. or I need to make some that, extra right? income. Yeah, I need to make some in- income. You search that on Google and everybody tells you to do a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where do we start with that? Well, I think we have to define a side hustle because I've been noticing that the definition of a side hustle has been getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. I did a search, you know, the other day when we talked about this topic and they're talking about, you know, do you need to form a corporation for your side hustle? That's not a side hustle. That's a entrepreneurial venture. That's yeah. Well, side hustle right now is a huckster term. So okay, but so so but we're going to define it for us and our listeners so that yeah. we're 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 reining it in because mm-hmm. I don't think we're talking about oh I lost my job I need some extra income so let's go get a loan from the bank and start a multi million dollar corporation yeah because that won't work yeah if we if we if we rein it in from there right we're talking extra income mm-hmm. to supplement whatever so you can do that before you had a job problem see I think there's two things here there's I've lost my job and I need to fill some income between things. Sure. And there is, I have a job, but I want to transfer into retirement Mm -hmm. or I want to transition into less dependence on that job or I want to transition into a small business of my own, right? Those are all different trajectories. All those can be done from a side hustle, but okay, I don't think it's, you know, creating a whole big business plan and going and getting a loan and all that because it puts you in... Yeah, so we'll talk about that as part of this. But uh, so, what's the? What are some of the first steps? Well, I think the first step is that you need we, we need you need to do that life intention analysis that we did before, right? We've sure. done you we started on our eight forms of capital or our net worth mm-hmm. evaluation, so we can look at these are skills I have, these are materials I have, this is the living capital I have, this is the financial capital I have available for this. And what are my intentions for my life and what moves me farther along on getting towards that intentional life and then having that, you know. So if I have just lost my job and my intention is 
my intentional life is to be retired out in the country, right? Uh-huh. That will affect my side hustle because either I need to make money to be able to do that and pay for that, or I need to reevaluate my chosen idea to do because my market changed. Because mm-hmm. if you go from the city to the country, you've cut down on the number of people, you've cut down on exposure, you've cut down on interest, you've got, you know, you, you can't really sell tomatoes real well, the only product at the farmer's market here rural, right? I mean, everybody that wants tomatoes has two or three plants in the backyard. Yeah, that's true. But in the city, no one has the plants, so you could make a whole business just selling tomatoes, right? Right. The first step is to brainstorm some ideas of things that would work. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you start with the internet, right? Right. What are good side hustles? There, there, there are lists of those everywhere. Sure. Right along with the class on how to do them. Mm-hmm. There are more people selling classes on how to do a side hustle than I think are doing side hustles. And that actually is one of the side hustles that the hucksters sell is get your passive income by creating a class or an ebook to tell other people how to do this. Yeah. So, because they never got past the first steps of the class. Right. Have you been in any of the classes? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because, you know, the first thing you're supposed to do is you're supposed to create your website. Right. Then you're supposed to create your free giveaway to get the email list. Sure. And then you're supposed to start doing the marketing mm-hmm. and the SEO work and the Google ads and set up for your Amazon affiliate link. And then you're supposed to start selling people classes or your new ebook or your ebook that's on all your blog posts or uh, there's been an interesting trend here recently where people have done that and then they find out they have no audience and they sell nothing because oh the market's saturated they didn't have an audience to begin with it's not that the market's saturated right the market is nowhere near saturated that's interesting you don't have anybody's attention yet hmm okay good as much attention everybody's attention is finite right sure and right now we are in we are in an attention attention economy, right? Where ads are fighting for your attention, mm-hmm. Facebook is fighting for your attention, Instagram, Twitter—they all want your attention so that they can sell you an ad, so that they can sell your attention to somebody else, so that they right. can sell your things you're interested in and all that, right? I mean, right. It, it. And every podcast has a membership, and every podcast and people have a Patreon, well, and that, you know that, that, that's that, only that, goes so far. But they've got a fan base. To make that work, you have to have a fan base. Correct. And we're talking about attention. And so everybody's attention is limited. Mm-hmm. And you've got to tell people multiple times that you are doing something before they hear you. I, I, I know a small business person that's been doing a thing that's becoming less of a side hustle and more of a going concern. And um, they spent two years telling everybody what they did. And just now, two years in... They'll have people go, oh, wait a minute, you do this thing. Hmm. Or she'll tell somebody, and they'll go, you do that? I didn't know you did that. Whole social media profile is on it, right? Multiple posts a week on it, sometimes daily. Sure. Across multiple social media platforms. People that know that person in real life did not connect that when I want this thing, I go to them. And that's two years. You can turn on the website, you can put up the thing, but you don't have anybody's attention yet. So it's not saturated. Mm-hmm. Their attention is saturated, and you have to break through that. You break through that with valuable content, mm-hmm. real content, not a cheap PDF, not a cheap thing. And you create 
real content by creating the content you would want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you have to do that, and you have to get one person. Then you have to get another, and they have to start telling people. And once you have attention, the marketing they're trying to do will work, and it the market is not saturated. You have to get through the saturated point where their attention is being stolen. Mm-hmm. Interesting, okay. And that's why marketing is not necessarily evil. The huckster telling you, do all this stuff, take my class, I'll teach you to build the website, I'll teach you to create the funnel, I'll teach you to do the email list, I'll teach you to do this, so that you can do the class. I will teach you to do what I am doing. He is marketing. Providing value is one of the eight forms of capital. Sure. It's taking my, my information, my experience, my materials and all that, putting it together and creating something of value that you would want. Mm-hmm. Everybody, what, what they're selling is you can be just like me and you can make a lot of money. But do you want to be teaching people? Do you want to do webinars? Do you want to make ebooks? If that doesn't fulfill your intention in life, you're going to be miserable doing it. Right. And you might as well be working at whatever job you can get, whether it's McDonald's for a few weeks and then Subway a few after. And then, you know, while you're doing whatever night classes to relearn to program or to do whatever the thing is, right? Gain the skills. Because you will at least be happy because you're going towards what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Or a life that makes you happy. If you hate dealing with people, don't teach a class. Well, and then you also have to get to the point where, say you are a market gardener. Or you think you want to be a market gardener. Right? I thought so once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not speak specifically talking <laughs> about you. But so say you want to do that. And you're passionate about it in your spare time. But doing it full time, including all of like what we've talked about, we've used this example several times, is the 60 to 80% of the marketing that needs to go on in the in the press in the flesh and going around to restaurants and all that other stuff. That's no fun. And you may not like doing what you've been doing as a hobby if you turn it into more than just a hobby. Right. So maybe you need to partner with somebody that likes doing that stuff, right? Right. That, 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 that's, that's a second level up from what we're dealing with right now. Sure, sure. So right. so when you do the research for the side hustle, mm-hmm. don't necessarily go take one of those classes. Correct. You can take a bunch of them. Yeah. I've, I've done several free ones. I've done, we're giving free and then you can buy in and you'll get cheaper into the big class. And I've sat through a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's the same content. Yeah. Different words. And it's not hard to find. Mm-hmm. But they're all the same. And they're not teaching anything because you actually know how to do this. You provide the product you want. The one thing that you want that you can't find anybody doing right, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have wanted a gardening or homesteading magazine that was not Mother Earth News. Sure. Because Mother Earth News has become... It's become like that free email, you the the free PDF you got when you signed up for the email address. All of the sites, right? That is their main publication. They are selling more ads. They are selling more gimmicks. There is not real content like there was in the 70s and 80s. Because I've looked at all the old magazines. I used to buy them at garage sales, right? Mm -hmm. You can't find that anywhere. That's one reason for starting the Homestead Journal. Mm -hmm. Create the content I want. I think we're getting close. We're doing really, really good. I mean, we're learning. And so there's a edge to it. We're doing real well. And listeners, if gonna, you haven't if you haven't checked it out, check out the Homestead Journal. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, but we're going to get better. 
because we are going to build what it is that I wish I could buy. Okay. Get back to side hustle. So, 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 first step is we've got to decide what we're doing. So, we're going to do some looking around. We're going to look at, do our evaluations, eight forms of capital, mm-hmm. net worth. So, once you've decided what you want your life to be, you've got your intention, you've got some skills picked out that you think you can turn into a side hustle, whether it's gardening, raising chickens, repairing lawnmowers and flipping them, right? I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are people that do that, that, that. You've got to look at who is going to be your customer, and you need to design who your customer is, right? You need to, some people say name them and everything, but that, I'm not that good. I'm very good at being creative, but I, I can't ever define people down to the last detail like they do. But you've got to know what they like, right? So if they are going to want eggs, what do they want in eggs? Do they want white eggs or do they want brown eggs? Or do they want a mix of colored eggs, right? Mm -hmm. And that starts designing the business for you, right? Yeah. But you've got to do more than talk to people and ask them. You have to watch them. Mm -hmm. Because they will tell you, and I, I, I watch this firsthand, they will tell you they want, let's say, they want lettuce, right? Right. So you grow a bunch of lettuce. They only want really small amounts of it, and they don't really want to pay for it. Right. Right. So they may say they want it, but you have to watch what they buy. Mm -hmm. A lot of my time at Farmer's Market began watching, okay, what is it that people are walking by me with, right? Mm -hmm. So so if you're looking at eggs, right, go go watch at the grocery store for a while. Which one are people buying? Are people buying eggs? Go to the Farmer's Market and watch other people buying eggs. Call all those people that have a sign out in front of their yard in the spring. I mean, you see them everywhere, right? Sure, eggs sure. for sale, eggs for sale. Call those numbers and talk to them. Mm-hmm. How many eggs do they have available? Do they still have eggs available? Most of those people are dang near giving them away. So That's right, but that tells you something about the actual market. Because I know lots of people that say they want eggs, but you can't really sell them. One, you're competing right. against the people who give them away. They are great to give away. They make good friends. I mean, yes, th- there's, there's a lot of things there, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to do that kind of market research. Okay. And you usually hear market research and they tell you, create a survey and put it on your email list. and all. You don't have anybody paying attention to you anyway yet. You ask on Facebook, they're going to give you a bunch of likes because, you know, you're going to have chickens and chickens are cute. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're in love with the idea, not the thing. So you got to start separating out. Is this a real market demand or is this we like the idea or we like you or we want to heart something so that we get our dopamine hit? And you do that by actually observing actions over words. Good point. Okay. And you also do it based on you, right? Mm Because the the easiest customer to, to find and connect with and sell to or market to or make the sales conversion with is somebody that's like you. As long as you don't do the tunnel vision on yourself and think that everybody's like you. Well, you can't. Definitely, right? But like for me, I want to do business with people I know Mm -hmm. first. So if one of my friends started selling eggs, I don't have this problem because they got eggs, right? So if one of my friends started doing kombucha Mm -hmm. and they were within driving distance, right? Them over other people. Mm -hmm. Or if they will meet me somewhere, them over other people. So that I don't have to do it myself, right? Right. Them over the commercial brand for sure, right? So I want to sell to people that have that same attitude. Mm-hmm. 
because I'm going to find those. I'm going to naturally attract them into my life because of what I'm looking for and how I'm going about stuff anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So that level of like me, not, you know, wears blue shirts and has glasses and, you know, whatever the check marks are for, you know, however detailed you want to get on yourself and think this person's got to be exactly like me or that. It's having a shared value. Sure. You're providing the product you want to people that also want it. Yeah, so what I really liked about what you just said is that it's it's almost the same as what we did with the with the um, self inventory, right? It's making statements, it's making value statements, it's making factual statements. What do, what do what do you value about the product? Yeah, what do you value? What about do the you product? value about this podcast? Yeah, people like brown eggs more than white eggs, is a statement, right? Right. And then it doesn't take very much to even ask your friends whether that's true. Yeah. But what or, you're really fighting there is a marketing impression that farm eggs, that the farm eggs are brown. Mm -hmm. What really, really, really sells well is the multicolored eggs from the multi-breed flocks. Yeah, the ones that look like the Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got red ones. So you got blue ones. You got brown ones. You got white ones. You got varying shades of those. Mm -hmm. A little bit different in size, so, so people don't even like the graded as much mm -hmm. because there's novelty there and sure. in an attention economy novelty can be good mm -hmm. and even if you get the brown ones if you get ones that are um that are organic or they are free range right then you're going to get the yolks that are those buttery deep orange right right and people don't forget that they don't right but this applies to everything, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This applies to designing websites for people. Sure. This applies to, you know, like, I would prefer to design websites for people that like a clean interface. Mm -hmm. I personally hate and I detest websites with pop-ups and all these floating things oh. or no content. I can't stand the sliding up and down the page hero things with three icons with four points mm -hmm. under each icon, right? So I want people to want a clean interface. So if they tell me they they, they want all this stuff, I'm like, you sure? If they're, they're serious that that's what they want, then I'm not going to do the website. Yeah, I agree. Because they're not my customer. Mm -hmm. And that, that's mm -hmm. a very important thing. Sure. Um, I can't remember the name of the book. Let me go look here. How to Be Your Own Boss. Yeah, How to Be Your Own Boss. That's it. That's uh, Eric Dieter's book. We'll have a link to that. Mm-hmm. That book taught me more about how to evaluate what I wanted to do and then got me out of trouble. Yes, because one of the first things you run into is the whole cash flow. People don't understand because they don't run a business. They don't understand how business really works. So They don't understand how money works because well, they just they don't understand their, money how it works. They don't watch it anymore. That Sorry. if you are any kind of product or service business, unless somebody's buying your inventory up front, you know, you're going or you're doing cash right there, right? Mm -hmm. Your customer is going to take a really long time to pay you as long as they can. Mm -hmm. But if you owe them money, they will be on you like immediately. So right. and that and that freaks people out because then they run into cash flow problems almost immediately. Because, you know, almost everybody's net 30 days. And then if they're net, net 30 days, they'll really stretch it out to 60 days. Okay, so, so, so slow down. Yeah. So, so let's slow okay. that down, break that down, and define Great. that for us. So, so, so you're going to buy a bunch of widgets from me. So I give you the widgets. What happens now? 
then you give me an invoice. I give you an invoice, okay? Mm -hmm. so Your invoice. invoice says net 30 days, which means that you expect to be paid within 30 days. That sounds good, yeah. Okay. I have a company policy that I really stretch it out to 45 days. So, so, so at 30 days, I send you another email, hey, you haven't paid me yet, and I don't get a response. Or you play shell game. and uh, I'll have my secretary write the check. <laughs> oh, she forgot. But... <laughs> If you owe me money, I'll be on you all the time. So I sold you widgets. Right. And I bought your machine. Uh-huh. I sent you an invoice, and you're already sending me emails you haven't paid yet. Yeah. And that frustrates you to no end, because I know I've been there. But then that's the well, way... What's the frustration? Well, the frustration is because you think that people should think like you. But, but but what what what's the emotional driver of that? It's it's that panic that am I ever going to get the money and how am I going to pay my suppliers? Right. Right. And you will have a certain amount of, uh, of of customers or whatever that may not pay you the money, ever. Right. So you know, and then you'll have to figure out the the biggest word in the English language, which is no. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not going to sell you some more stuff. I think the thing I learned from that book that was most, most important mm -hmm. was not everyone's your customer. And that's the most important part. It's important with that, but it was important to me in another way. Mm -hmm. Because I've, ha I've had friends that try to do a side hustle, right. try to do an entrepreneurial right. thing. Right. Mm -hmm. They're my friend. I want to do business with friends. Their product was not anything I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. What did I do? I bought it anyway. Because they were his friend. Did I help them? No, I did not help them. I lied to them about who their customer was. Mm -hmm. They go, oh, Perpend is my customer. So I'm going to go look for more people like Perpend. And you, you know, I bought some candles from you because you made candles, right? Sure. Then you're looking around for people like Perpend. So you're, you're marketing to people like Perpend and all that. And they're all going, why am I getting all these ads for candles? Why do people keep talking to me about candles? I don't want any more candles. I've, I'll make them myself if I want them, right? That's... Because that's my mindset. Mm -hmm. But I was helping my friend. But I didn't help my friend because I taught them wrong who their customer was. Correct. I can be a good friend and support them and say, well, I know this person over here who's always buying candles. Or every time I go to their house, they have candles lit, right? Mm -hmm. That's helpful because it helps them find their customer. But Order I used to feel charity. guilty. And I went... Oh, I, I shouldn't feel guilty about not buying from them because it's not my responsibility to be my friend's customers. Mm -hmm. And I'm not helping them. Okay. And when you start to see it that way, it becomes even easier to say, that person is not my customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another step in the not my customer is when you have to give away something for free, either sample or go do a free gig or whatever, with the hope that you're going oh. to get some follow-up business. When, when, and that person probably will never be your customer. So you have to gauge, is this worth spending my time on? A if you give somebody something, yeah, you don't have their attention. Correct. If they do something, even if it isn't financial, mm -hmm. before you give them that thing... They now owe you because that's how reciprocity works. Sure. Reciprocity, yep. So you're not just going out and handing suckers to everybody. Mm -hmm. 
The bank gives you a sucker if you're the kid of a customer. Good point. Why? Because if your kid is being fussy while you're trying to deal with your money, which is already stressful, you will leave and you won't spend time there doing banking. Right? And you'll put off doing banking. And Good then you'll point. be a frustrated customer. They are giving something free to the child so that the child will be entertained while they do business with you. Sure. A lot of them don't know that because it's become traditional, right? Yeah. Doctors, same thing. They're not handing out free stuff to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you've come to do checking here. Hey, did you want a sucker? Yeah, I'm talking more about the, but, the business. that It works the same way. You're not going out saying, I will do free consulting to everybody. Mm -hmm. You're looking for either people that meet the customer thing right. or people that came to you. And you go, right. well, sure, I'll do a free consult for you. Sure. Because you've just said something I normally charge other people for. I will do for free for you because you came and looked me up, because you found my business card somewhere, because you emailed me, because you called me on the phone, right? Mm -hmm. They have already done one thing. Yeah, I'll give you And giving a, to them is different. I'll than give just, you a free hour of consult. Right. Or something, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you, yeah, the classic one, right? If, it's a filter. If you, if, you see the, if you see my business card or you see my ad and you call and you said you saw it on XYZ, sure. So you'll give them whatever, a free hour, uh, and, and, and And you're... Hoping that will lead to the sale, but you're filling that next, you're giving them the next step. Yeah, they've shown interest already, so, you know, you already got them fished in, right? They're interested. Uh-huh. So let's give them more information. Mm -hmm. And what information are you giving them in that process? You don't want to give them everything. No, you want to give them everything. Really? You want to tell them exactly how you do business. That doing business was easy with with you, uh -huh. right? So if you are programming, writing programs for them, right? Right. And somebody comes to you and says, I hear you write programs, and I want this um, special app on my phone so that my customers can click it and order, right? Or I and want... And you go, okay, let's have a free web. Let's, I'll give you a free hour consultation, mm -hmm. and you sit down, right? Mm-hmm. You're asking several questions. What do they expect? And then you're telling them what to expect from you. And you're saying, okay, so if you want to go forward, this is what it costs. This is how long I think this might take, but we need to define some of these areas, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're doing that. And so if you want to follow up with me, I will be sending you an email after this meeting, right? In that will be a link. And you can click that and it takes you to my calendar and you pick a date for our next meeting. Our next meeting will be this long. It will, you know, all that, right? You're telling them exactly how business is going to go with you. After that meeting, I will go do some research. After we've talked out and designed your app, I will get back to you on the research on what I think it's going to take. I am going to give you some mock-ups of kind of what the application will look like. Then I you 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 I will send you another email and you can arrange to either get back to me or tell me this isn't going to work for you, and if it doesn't work for you, maybe I can find somebody else who can do it. Right? I'm this is the process, right? If it's clicking on your website to get the thing, everybody knows they put in their email address, then they get the email to download the free thing, mm -hmm. and it stops. You have told them, do this, and I will send you emails, and that's the end of your process. That email that gets sent to them should tell them how to do the next step. If you're doing a free hour consult, half of it is hearing what they want. Does that match me? It doesn't match me. Do I have a friend it will match? 
and this is the process for doing business with me. So that it's easy. You know what you're going to get. You know what to expect. You know where you're going to be getting the information. You know I'm going to follow up with you this way, right? Mm -hmm. That is what you're giving them. You're telling them how to do business with you and that you're trustworthy and you do what you say. That's different. You don't have that experience often, do you? No, no, not usually. Like I said, I, I usually give them just a little bit or I compartmentalize it. And then yeah. you'll get more later. It's wrong. You want to give them your best first. Huh. Okay. This is what I do. This is what I can do. This is what it costs. And you may tell them high, right? But you're creating, this is the value you're going to receive from me. This is my best investment. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, he invested that much now. So you don't give them the stupid five tips to start a side hustle. You give them the whole plan for the whole webinar. Here's all the transcripts. Here's all that, right? Yeah, and you both... both uh... Organize so that it's digestible, not just overwhelming them with information. So it's digestible, it's there, and it's not fluff. Mm -hmm. You've given them value, and they go, that was a lot of value. For, have you collected anything from them at this point? Maybe an email address. But you're giving them your best value. Mm -hmm. People will pay for less than your best value. But when they've seen your best value, they are already invested in you. Well, how do you... They, you, you gave them something. Right, but if you and give you them, gave them The more value you give them, the more they owe you. Mm -hmm. And they will know subconsciously. Yeah. But how so, do you so, go to the next step and give them the... If you've given them your best... The next best is the app, right? Mm-hmm. But you have made that experience of getting an app designed for your phone. Mm -hmm. th th you'll put your most effort into that, right? Because programming an app is a routine thing you're going to do over and over. If you're selling eggs, it's go feed the chickens, go get the eggs, put them in the cartons, and sell them to the person, right? Right. That's not your best work. Making that super simple and easy for them so that they can say yes, so that you, they feel invested, listen to and all that, that's where you're putting your work. Mm -hmm. And then they will pay for the other one. Okay. So if you have a... You've done this, right? They say, here's my free ebook on tips on how to do it, right? You go look at the ebook, and if it takes you two seconds to read it, you unsubscribe, right? Yeah, that's exactly true. Or if you get that long thing where I'm going to tell you, but before I tell you, I got this customer testimony, and I've got this person's testimony, and this person, and this person had this great experience, and this person had this great experience, and I am going to tell you how to do this on your own. And you, keep and you scrolling. read ten minutes of that, and you keep scrolling. Yeah, yeah, and subscribe. Yeah. If I give you, here is how I plan my garden, and how I really do it. Right. I mean. I check for sunlight angle. I check for shadows. I go get this app to do that with. I go and get my first and last frost dates from this website, put in your zip code, you know, the instructions to do it. Sure. And you build that out and you figure out, I need this much of this crop and this much of this crop. And this is how you can look up where to go get the free soil test from the agriculture department in your area, right? Mm -hmm. you, you've done a lot of work. And it's more value than you can ever teach somebody in growing stuff, mm -hmm. other than the pride and humanity they get from growing their own food, right? Correct. And connectedness and groundness, right? But that's something they are getting out of having done it. That, that, that is the hard part. You've done all the hard part for them, right? Mm -hmm. 
they will come for you. They will come to you and do a workshop of putting seeds in soil in little pots to start them. They will pay for that because you did all this work for them. Okay. And they know they couldn't have done that work. Mm-hmm. And now they want to meet you and they want to spend more time with you because you put this value investment in them. Sure. This is what real marketing is. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. Check us out at thrivingthefuture.com, Twitter with Thriving the Fute. Check out our Telegram group with a link on our website.